0: Welcome to today's episode of Watchable with Sophia Ritter and special guest,
1: Abby Ritter. Two cousins and sometimes sisters talk movies and TV.
0: Basically, if it's entertainment related, we got you covered.
1: Today we are discussing the Queen's Gambit.
0: Like you heard in the intro today, we're not joined with Bethy, but we're joined with my little sister, Abby, an environmentalist and all around plant nerd. And Addy wanted to talk to you today about a podcast she's been into, because apparently you've been obsessed with podcasts lately.
1: Yeah, um, weirdly, podcasts have become my main form of media. I've, I'm turning into a middle-aged woman at this point, and I'm just going okay. with it. Our
0: main age <laughs> demographic is 18 to 24 years old, so you just dissed all of her
1: <laughs> Podcasts are cool, okay? Exactly. Um, so uh, my media pick of the week is How to Save a Planet. Um, It features a journalist, Alex Bloomberg, and um, Dr. Ayana Elizabeth Johnson who was like literally a marine biologist and every week they cover a different environmental topic and how we're going to fix it or if it's actually like good for the environment. The latest episode was on Miami flooding and it was just like an excerpt but it was really really good and those the episodes are just make me want to talk about them more and figure out more and I cannot recommend this podcast more.
0: Abby is an environmental science major (laughs) if you cannot tell and Abby you want to tell us about your Spotify wrapped so our listeners have an
1: idea of how into the <laughs> podcast you are. Um I listened to approximately 3 days worth of podcasts <laughs> in the last year. Meanwhile, my top song from Spotify wrapped I listened to a total of 10 <laughs> times. I so that. maybe I shouldn't be paying for Spotify every month, but I want the nice podcast platform. So, so what's your top
0: podcast of the year,
1: then? Um it was The scrubs podcast that we listened to the summer. Oh,
0: nice. All right, so my V to pick the week is a little bit different than Abby's. It is actually the classic novel, The Color Purple. And I want to emphasize novel and not movie. And I fell in love with the storytelling. The characters are written so well. And I was so pumped to watch the movie. And I was like, yes, I love Steven Spielberg. It's going to be so good. And then I hated it. And I'm very sad and disappointed. So basically, maybe a white guy shouldn't direct a movie about a coming-of-age story of a black woman. That might be one of the main problems. And yeah, there's some things I actually think that kind of overlap between this story and what we're talking about today, which is the Queen Ambit. so I have a question real quick. Yes.
1: Do you think the reason the you didn't like the movie was because of the book? Like, would the movie have been good as a standalone movie?
0: No, I don't know. That's impossible to say because you make such clear visions in your head of what you want. And I... Want to be fair that, you know, obviously I always say they're two different mediums. They tell different stories, but they kind of boil down the main character to a comedic role and they didn't make it impactful and they made her decisions and her life just not seem as harsh. And I don't know. I think I would have found it okay. I don't think I would have hated it, (laughs) but I don't, I think I would have been confused as to what the fuss was about having not read the novel and having heard a lot about The Color Purple. So, yeah. Hmm. Good question, Abby. Now, like we said, we're talking about The Queen's Gambit. And we had COVID back in October, and this was our COVID watch, (laughs) as in we watched it in two or three days, when we...
1: No no, shame. No
0: shame. (laughs) It was a great time. It was the only part of the great time of that couple weeks. When I I actually... How I was exposed to the show is I walked downstairs and you guys were watching it. Is that, you guys just think it looked good and put it on?
1: Yeah, I was actually just like um, reading something on the couch and I looked up and mom put something on. I was like, oh, we watching this? She's like, yeah, I want to try it out. You know,
0: God bless her mom. Yeah. It's one of the first times she's ever found a really good show. Right? Sometimes
1: mom can do that. She's like, oh yeah, I want to watch this and it's a good show.
0: Sometimes it's
1: not. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Sometimes it opens on like a sex scene and my mom goes, oh, oh, and, and turns it
0: off. And we love to watch, like, historical pieces with our mom, and so this kind of hit all the boxes for us. Oh,
1: for sure. Especially since the main character was a redhead and everything. Yeah. I don't know why that just... It's... We're
0: risque and with an E, kind of. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's start off with our character chat. The main character, of course, is Beth, Beth Harmon. <laughs> and when we're first introduced to Beth, um, it is at the orphanage, is that correct?
1: Oh, no, we first meet her on the drive to the orphanage, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, one of the things I want to talk about that's really interesting about this show is you're kind of introduced to a different show than what it ends up being. And when we have recommended the show to other people, this has turned a lot of people off because you think you're watching a show about a girl growing up in an orphanage when really it completely changes after the first, like, I think it's halfway through the second episode and it's basically a completely different show.
1: Yeah, and it's really interesting because... Um... We are kind of, to try to make viewers not think it's a show about an orphanage, they have like that one introduction scene right at the beginning where she's running late to that really big match with Bell, with um, Bornov, and and then you're like, what's happening? And then all of a sudden, she's an orphan. So it was kind of interesting how they did that, because then I really did honestly forget that the show was going to take place outside the orphanage, because... I kind of like stories like that for some reason, so I was just kind of so involved in that.
0: So do you think they should have spent as much time in the orphanage as they did? Or do you think it kind of resulted in people being a little turned off on the show? I personally don't really have any faults in the show. I think it was well done. <laughs> I think watching her establishing her character so well, well-developed characters are the heart of any good story. And yeah. I think showing her orphanage as long as it did, it really made all the choices she made throughout her life make a lot more sense. And you kind of have the background as to why she was so closed off, why she was the way she was, because you saw her grow up in a sense, but then you are taken out and watched the rest of her journey.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I got out of it, too. Um, I just listened to the book on Audible, and they devoted about the same amount of the book to the orphanage. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the parts with the orphanage because it just really shows why she's kind of like a little bit crass and a little bit like... um what's the word for it? Dry later in her life. So it, it kind of just sets up who she is as a character. Cause like as soon as she comes into the orphanage, she meets Mrs. Lonsdale and, in- you can tell Mrs. Longsdale is not her type and that they're not going to bond over it. She's like, you're going to have a better life here than you would have had. And this girl just lost her mom. And she's like, uh. <laughs> and then she's also talking about when you turn to God. And she came from a mobile home. So I don't think she, I'm not thinking she was probably very religious before, given her her home life and everything. So I really like how they, like, establish that because then it shows, like, how she doesn't really have any, like, parent figures within the orphanage because there's not really anybody she bonds with until Scheibel comes in.
0: Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense as we go into her being adopted you see, this is a full spoiler podcast, by the way. When we go into her being adopted, <laughs> one of these days I'll remember to say it before we start talking.
1: I mean, why would you listen to an episode on The Queen's Game and when you haven't listened to, watched it yet?
0: A lot of people do to see if they like it. Oh, shoot. And shout out to my friend Christy, who does that all the time. <laughs> so we start, when you see her growing into adolescence, she doesn't really know how to communicate with other people her age. Because the orphanage was kind of a fend-for-yourself situation, you know, the strongest survive and get a move on, kind of. She doesn't know how to interact with adults very well. And, like, her mom, especially when she first moves in, she doesn't know how to talk to her because all the situations she's had in life have been abusive, one-sided relationships. And so, really, she was set up with no way of knowing how to have a human interaction.
1: And she kind of channeled a lot
0: of what she wanted into her chest.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because... Um, she's set up as kind of like a softer character because she's like, like touching her dress and like the embroidery on it longingly, and she has that like stuffed animal, and that quickly just like dies when she's in the orphanage, because mm-hmm. like even later in the episode, um, I think Mister Gans gives her when Mister Gans give her gives her the doll, she doesn't want it at all, which is mm-hmm. like I think like. A couple months ago, she might have, but, like, all of, like, the sense of, sent- like, being sentimental and stuff just left her when she got there.
0: And I actually wanted to talk about the sense of femininity in the show, because I think it's really interesting. A lot of times we have backwards femininity in media where we do things like have girls be like, oh my gosh, I just prefer to be friends with guys because they're less strong. Like, things like that, you know what I mean? Like, women kind of hurting themselves and their own portrayal. And I think this show does such a great job of showing that femininity is not a weakness. Because as she grows into herself, she becomes more into fashion, more, you know, like, high maintenance. And just, she really embraces her feminine side. And And she's, like, so unashamed of it, too, which I love. And the more she grows into herself, the more she embraces that. And the times when she was kind of in that orphanage without any personality, she didn't have that. So it's not used as a weakness in the story. And yeah, it's, crazy, it's
1: and often. I like that because like whenever she was like getting interviewed or something in the book she would always be like they would ask about how it felt to be a woman and stuff and she would get so angry she's like the boys aren't asked how it feels to be a man so why are they my gender isn't important so I really like how they like mm-hmm. channel that through the show
0: anyway we let's wrap up on the orphanage now because we kind of talked about a lot of stuff we haven't talked
1: about my uh, uh, Scheibel. that is what we're gonna now.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about how she learned to play chess and that relationship with tribal. if you want to talk a little bit about that.
1: So yeah, it, their relationship is really interesting because they never really bond that much like they never had that like deep conversations or anything with each other. It's just very much she's good at chess, so they play chess together mm-hmm. and like they bring like he obviously talks about her because like he, she goes to high school and stuff and she meets other people who play chess. But it's it's so weird because, like, she he is, like, her only adult friend and they still are just very dry and very, like, they don't want to get close to each other. And I think it kind of channels into how both of those characters have probably experienced so much loss and they don't want to get close to more people.
0: It's interesting to note that her parental figure in the orphanage, even though he is probably one of the best things that came, it, he is probably the best thing that came out of that for her because it led to her pursuing what? rest of her life really entailed and he still represents all the core things of the orphanage which is like repression closed off from emotions yeah very dry and it's just interesting that like he was the best thing that came out of the orphanage but he still represents most of the orphanage
1: yeah it, that is really interesting especially since like even to the end at his funeral uh, mrs Longstowe doesn't come even to the funeral like i know she's old and like decrepit at that age But the man probably worked there for, like, years upon years, and there still wasn't anybody from the orphanage at the funeral. So it kind of shows how he was this, like, hidden um, character or hidden person within the orphanage. So I thought that was really... So, like, when Beth came along, he's like, I don't know how to talk to anyone. Nobody here talks to me. So it was an interesting.
0: So what did you think of the ending with Scheibel and her going and realizing that he meant a lot more to her than she thought. You know, like cuz a lot she probably thought she exaggerated the relationship in her mind and then she found out that he was valuing it more than she thought she did.
1: Yeah, that was like honestly like one of my favorite parts of the show. I was like bawling when I saw like he had all the things pinned up of her. It was so sweet. Cuz it was like an amount of emotion he never really allowed himself to show at, mm-hmm. at least when we saw him. So like the fact that he was like cher- like cherishing it so much and looking out for her it was just such a sweet moment it was like such character development for both of them because like beth realized her connection with him and with shaibo at the beginning and how it had really shaped who she was and how she acted as a chess player and all the and how she was respectful and how she was for had sportsmanship and stuff like that
0: and we really gotta wrap up this sorry but I do want to add in my favorite part about his full character development, like story arc, is it really shows how much of an impact you have in people's lives and how you don't realize it. You don't realize how important your relationships with other people are until you're take sometimes you're taken out of the context of it. So next, let's kind of dive into her adoption and starting her past career and her relationship with Mrs. Wheatley, her adoptive mother. First of all, they have a very complicated relationship at first. Do you, what do you just think of her
1: character overall? Um, I think she's, the character very well done in that it kind of expresses the, like, how the stereotypes of women at the time and how it was difficult for a lot of women to live to those stereotypes because, like, she was a mother to Beth and she didn't have enough money to dress Beth in the best clothes, but she still acted like, oh, we're going to, she'd still try to act like the best housewife and she had everything together. And So I think her character just really shows how difficult the times were for stay-at-home moms who weren't in a good relationship because she was just kind of in her own world. She was cut off from everyone else because of her bad relationship. And it just shows her struggle that was just hidden behind society.
0: Mm -hmm. I think her story is also very much one of repressed grief. And you see, because they did have a daughter and then her husband's like, well, we'll just replace her. And they never really, did they go into details of how her, the first child died in the book? Not really. And I think most of her story arc is kind of around. I think most of her story arc is around repressed grief because you see at first that like it drove her to have alcoholism. It drove her to take pills and her husband didn't understand her. And this poor woman really, was struggling and she wouldn't let herself deal with it really but yet it was also completely destroying her life because it was still there in every sense.
1: Yeah and she had like no one to reach out to or she was too ashamed to reach out to people which was also a big thing and the way she was acting and like there was reasons why she acted this way but it also showed to Beth it was kind of she was like the only role model she had so I feel like the way her mom acted and like how she kind of was carefree at the end and like at the end she was with the Manuel guy something like that I forgot the guy's name um Miguel I think oh
0: yeah I didn't care for
1: Miguel yeah neither did I um it just kind of showed how at the end she was like carefree and she just kind of she was like in her element at the end and I feel like that played a lot into how Beth was acting at the end and how Beth try to develop her character was very similar to how she watched mrs wheatley develop
0: i don't know how i feel about her character in general like i don't have any complaints of how it was portrayed i just don't know how like my personal thoughts are about her yeah she has a very complex journey i don't really feel like i can't adequately sum it up her being around she learned that those were coping mechanisms yeah, And I think eventually she learned after she died, She def- her dying definitely made her eventually fall into bad habits.
1: Yeah, and it also played into the full suppression of grief, just like her mom did.
0: And I definitely think all those, the thing she learned a lot from her mom, it came crashing down on her in a very similar, reflective way. And I don't know, I think her relationship did a lot of good things for her, like having a strong female relationship, which she had had in her life, but hadn't known how had to really except very well.
1: If that makes any
0: sense. Let's talk about her chess career. One of my favorite parts of the show, like episodes of the show, is when she enrolls in her first chess competition, the tournament. Um, I just love how this girl never, ever has, like,
1: any self-doubt. She's, she never stammers. She's she like, never put me in the... Don't put me in the beginner's bracket. Yeah. Like She's like, I know I'm
0: capable, and I know i like, it despite everything that's happened to this girl, she's like, yeah, I know I can do this.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and that is the first time when the show went from being very interesting to like incredibly good, because the first time you get a glimpse of those chess sequences, you are hooked. And I don't know, I just think it is amazing how they managed to, because you hear the concept of the show, it's a girl who's a chess project, right? And you hear a show about chess, you think it's going to be insanely boring and it's not and i do not know how to play chess and i know i should i do not i i can i literally know nothing about it and the fact that i was so hooked into every match and like so like just mesmerized watching it and i don't know anything about chess says so much about their cinematography and how they're able to make it look like an action-packed event when it was really just two people playing chess
1: right and like Our sister Hannah learned how to play chess because of the show, and now we, like, play chess all the time just because it got us so into it. It made it look like such, like, an exciting sporting event somehow, and, like, just, like, how they showed the Russian culture later, which is jumping way ahead, is just, I love how they made it so exciting at the points that could be very boring because they're just playing chess, but it made you, like, on the edge of your seat. like, oh, no, she moved her rook there! (laughs) (laughs) Is <laughs> anyway, so this is also
0: when we're introduced to Harry Baltic. 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 Anyway, Harry Baltic, the Kentucky state champion. And I think this is one of the really interesting cases of just watching her develop as a person when you watch their relationship go throughout of her learning to be able to take people in.
1: And yeah. Like, and her- his character develops quite a bit as well, because at first he's just like this arrogant guy who's like, oh, this is going to be easy. This is just a 13-year-old girl, and he's late to her match. And then he shows up later, and he's this like, respectable man who is is kind to, to Beth, and he coaches Beth even though she's a lot better than him. And they form this like, kind of relationship. So, I really like how his character develops and, like, matures after he loses to Beth, because I feel like he needed to be beat.
0: Yeah.
1: So, especially since he got beat by a girl, he was like, oh, maybe I need to, like, change some of my mindsets a little bit. Mm
0: -hmm. Reassess my ideals a
1: little bit. Yeah, exactly. I just, I
0: love this character, and I don't even know why. He's just, you're always rooting for him throughout the story, and you're always frustrated that Beth just does not see how important she is to people, and he so desperately wants to be friends with her and wants to develop a relationship with her, and she just ignores it. And every time she does, it ends up hurting her.
1: Yeah, and, and he, um, she does this to both Beltic and Benny. She Like, she becomes friends with them, but she keeps them at a distance, and I think it's because the one person she got close with was her mom, and then her mom died, and she was by herself, and I feel like she didn't want these people to leave her life and her to have to go through this grieving again, so I feel like that is kind of the reason why she always kept people at a distance after that happened, because she was really close with um, Jolene, too, and Scheibel, kind of, so then she had to leave these people and never see them again, really, so... I feel like all of this, she just didn't want to get close to people because she didn't know what was going to happen next.
0: Another thing I want to talk about why I love this show is both these characters were kind of love interests for her. But at the end of the day, it, love interest did not end up being important at all. Right. Her defining moment when she really came to herself to be her strongest version of herself is when she let people in and when she let herself have relationships and have other people help her. And I just think it's so, like, important and cool to see that the two love interests, and there was another love interest that's very confusing. I don't really like him, but, so I'm not going to get too much into him. But I just think it's really awesome that two of the love interests you see at the end are basically just strong friendships, even though I am shipping her and Beltic, I'd be happy to they got together. <laughs> but I just love that that is the end arc for a female. Yeah. Because you yeah. never
1: see that. I de- that's not the, what's the main idea of a show. That's not what they're trying to accomplish. Exactly. So, I feel it definitely plays into their strong feminine, strong feminist vibes that they're getting from the show and that they had built on for so long.
0: Like, a bunch of men helped her reach her goal, but overall, in the end, it was her. Her being able to let other people in, her being able to overcome her problems with addiction. It was all her that made her be who she was, and it wasn't her relying on men. And, like, some people might look at it that way, but it's not the case. At all. Like, you know, like she became stronger when she let a man help her. No, she became stronger when she realized that she deserves to be helped.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because I really liked... Let's move on to... Sorry. Let's move on to Benny Watts' character. I love this character so much. Because, like, I like how he sees that she has a problem with addiction and, and with drinking too much. So when she's staying at his apartment, she's not allowed to drink and she's not allowed... To take these pills and it's really good for her, and she gets like better at chess, and she uh, she improves more at chess than she ever does during this time. And she's isolated, and she's just with him. He is, and he is honestly, I think too good for her because she keeps like dismissing him, and he he gives her so much, and she's just constantly like mad at him for no reason, and she kind of takes advantage of him by sleeping with him, and it's a full thing that I don't, I think he was incredibly kind to her and she never appreciated it enough.
0: I think she kind of acted that way with Beltic as well. Yeah. And I don't know, I personally did not like him very much at first. Like, I, were you the same way? Like, when we first were introduced to him, I thought he was just an arrogant asshole I'm like, oh my god he's just like the kid at Quizbull who thinks he's all of that or determined.
1: Right? Honestly, I just got the like country stereotypes out of him yeah. so I didn't like him. <laughs> <I hate> him. <laughs> oh my gosh but he grew on me because like you were first like it, it, like the way he's introduced you think he's gonna be a scary character because you're like oh no he has a gun on his waist <laughs> so you think he's gonna be scary. so they kind of like play with you a little bit because then he's just it's like really nice and like approachable guy and yeah. you're like what <laughs>
0: i love how they played for expectations and how like you end up he ends up being kind of a sap and you just love him so we've already talked quite a bit about, like, her coming together for cooperation and that, like, being her defining moment. Is there anything you want to say specifically about her rivalry with Borgoff?
1: Um, I really like how they portray, like, the fear that everyone has with the Russians. They talk about this a lot in the book, too. And, like, when she, see, like, when she plays that young kid at one of the tournaments, he's very serious and he's very, like, groomed and, like, meant to be this, like, Amazing chess player who's gonna be real champion by sixteen, and there's this like kind of fear around the Russians. Everyone's like, "Oh no, you can't beat Russians. They're a different breed." And that kind of it's just a portrayal of those times too. So I thought it was a good extension of that. Mm -hmm.
0: And I thought it was interesting when they did start to break down the facade of what they had built up the Russians to be as like chess robots. When she actually goes there, and like one of the guys is like, "You're great," you know. She says that to her after the comedy.
1: What's the his name?
0: I love him.
1: He like was so sweet. Yeah, the guy who like looked like a mop.
0: It's so when you like started seeing the humanity of the Russians. And I was yeah. Like, I think the series finale is so
1: good. Yeah, because at the end she, the very last scene, she is like playing chess in the park with all these Russians, and all these like men just go to the park and play chess, and it's so sweet because. Exactly. Wow, that's a really good point that. it shows that they're actually humans and not just these, like, evil robots. Because
0: you were told throughout that they are just, like, communist, like, type chess monsters. So all they do is, like, think about it like a machine. And then when you actually go there, you see that chess is actually a community thing for them. Yeah. It is how they bond. It is how they relate to people. It is a sport for them. Just like how any sporting event is for Americans. So I just thought it was so cool that we saw... it's a giant community bonding aspect it's not like heartless people just playing chess
1: yeah and it's really cool because they make Borgath's character very Mm one-dimensional he's just a serious stereotypical very serious very good Russian chess player and so I really like how then she goes to Russia and the people are a lot more than just what their chess players look like Mm -hmm.
0: especially I love the scene where she like eavesdrops them helping each other because not only does it show her that, like, the best need help,
1: but yeah. it
0: also shows so much humanity in all of those characters. And it was <laughs> yeah, that's so, so true. And it was so much fun to see that scene. <laughs> all right. Now, do you want to talk anything about her addiction before we go on the last itty-bitty things about the story?
1: Um, I really like how they built up the... Um, like suspense with her addiction because like the entire time you knew it was going to come back and get her eventually exactly. it was
0: always kind of hanging over your head and they did such a good job of reminding the viewer enough that it was an underlining problem but yet it wasn't the full concept of the story and the visuals they used around that were so cool with the chest on the ceiling and her being able to like use the benefits of the drugs without them at the end was also such a satisfying character moment, and it was just I don't know, it felt so freaking good when that happened.
1: Yeah, and I really like how at the beginning she becomes like addicted to the, this medicine, and it really shows is a really good voice for like the people saying that addiction is an illness because it shows how it's just like it's in her brain from the beginning that she wants more and more of this medicine. So I really like how they do that.
0: And it always was her coping
1: yeah exactly and also it's interesting because in the book she would take the like save the tranquilizers in the orphanage so that she could actually sleep she didn't save the tranquilizers so that she could pick her chest pieces oh really? yeah and like she would pick her chest pieces but she didn't take the tranquilizers because she just couldn't sleep in the orphanage because she was so creeped out by so many people being around her
0: Mm -hmm. well while we're on the topic of the book versus the movie let's go into that conversation completely and first i kind of want to talk about the look of beth's character I personally love what they do with Best Character. Her clothes are so much fun to watch. And, like, lately we have been, like, channeling our inner Beth and, like, dressing like her, and it's just so much fun.
1: <laughs> yes. And I
0: think her character design in the movie, I mean in the series, just really embraces her femininity, and it really plays up those roles. And I think for the medium, it is perfect. But it was quite a bit different in the book, so why don't you talk about that?
1: Yeah, I liked her image, and then I read the book, and I did I don't know if I like how they cast her because I like because she does like in the book she becomes into herself a little bit with clothes and stuff and I really like how they portrayed that how she goes from dressing in these like drab clothes to these like really fancy clothes and it it becomes almost to a fault but that's a different thing she I in the book she is supposed to be very plain looking with freckles and brown hair offended but that's plain <laughs> no but like that's how she describes herself When yeah. she, she, like she's always described as like a very plain looking character who's not spectacularly pretty and I feel like that's a little bit of the Hollywood aspect in the movie they're like she's this eye-catching woman who comes in the room and then just like defeats them all and like the first tournament she's not supposed to be this eye-catching woman but later in the show she is which I guess kind of plays into how she developed confidence as an individual so that can be accounted for too but I don't know
0: I I 100% disagree. I have not read the book. So there is a different perspective. Like I said earlier when I was talking about the color purple, you get attached to the idea of the image you form in your mind. And I think that we have to remember, visually, TV is a visual medium. And you have to tell the story through visuals. And I think the way they did it with her character design was so well thought out. And it really helped enhance. She was... The present. She was the star of the show. Your eyes followed her. It worked so well for the storytelling. And honestly, I just loved her character design, and I'm just obsessed with it. And I don't want to fault in any way, because I don't agree.
1: I feel like it was one of the, like, tropes of Hollywood, though, that they made... I guess they always do. They made the main character, so I can like. So, like, she was a woman, so she was beautiful and eye-catching. Everyone was looking at her. And I kind of hated that part.
0: But at the beginning, she was very plain-looking. Her
1: hair was
0: hideous. (laughs) Like, and even in that first-time magazine photo, like, she would not smile. Like, wasn't her hair still kind of ugly? Yeah. Like, she was more plain in the beginning than I think you're remembering. Because she does grow into herself more as the series goes
1: on that that that's very true it it, it is like it definitely visually shows how she develops as a character so I guess I can live with it
0: yes okay another thing you want to talk about with the difference between the book and the series is the character of Jolene and so we actually haven't talked about Jolene at all so why don't let's just have a full discussion on her but start with the book difference
1: so um the main thing with Jolene that was different for the uh, um book is in the book they kind of express how these girls are going through these uh, are going through puberty and are getting their periods for the first time and are like becoming like attracted to other people and they really show that through jolene because beth isn't going through puberty yet So, so, like jolene at one point actually sexually assaults beth and she just kind of gets over it in a couple days and she's like it's it's it shows what the conditions in that orphanage are that they feel so isolated mm-hmm. that they want like like a loving touch that much that they would resort mm-hmm. to this kind of thing because she knew Beth was vulnerable and I kind of I like how like they had her kind of build up from that and that they didn't make her like a terrible person in the end it was just because of like her history but I also kind of understand why they took it out of the show
0: yeah. So something kind of similar in The Color Purple and that I was actually very pissed about them including the movie because The Color Purple obviously was very condensed and because it was only two and a half hours out of like a long book, you know. Mm -hmm. One of the things they decided to keep in the movie adaptation was a scene with one of the few female friendships she had about her telling someone to beat her and it's a very complicated storyline. But anyway, by reducing their friendship to just that scene, because it's a visual medium, you cannot get over that. You know, it takes a lot for you to understand. that Some concepts are too complicated if you don't have a long enough storyline. And by including that scene in that particular movie, I don't know if you're following this at all, Mm -hmm. but by including that scene in that particular movie, it completely ruined that female friendship. And female friendships are so often overlooked in media, and they're so often not respected enough, and they completely ruined it in that movie. And so, like excluding it from this if that would have happened in the show you would never have built your trust back with jolene
1: yeah true there's no
0: way really in that kind of a format unless the full show is about those two that you would be able to like see like oh that makes sense what she forgave her because when you visually see something your mind is going to remember it more and associate it with that character more because you don't have as much time
1: That's true. And I do really love how they portray their friendship, especially at the end when it's like, they don't, it's not a guy that runs and saves her. It's her friend. And it's just, they have each other in like a cute, innocent friendship type of way, which I feel like wouldn't have been there if they would have included that scene in the show. So I I think it was definitely a good choice for them. I also just love Jolene's character because like she's always this like rebellious type but she also knows it's not going to do anything she's not going to get adopted so might as well have a little bit of fun while you're at it
0: (laughs) yeah and another thing i wanted to talk about with the book was you were saying it was surprisingly accurate which really surprised me
1: yeah normally i read the book or something after or before and then they i'm like they're not the same story and there were a lot of scenes that were just word for word the exact same thing and I really like that like with how like when Mr. Wheatley said you can have the house like and then he said you couldn't those were those two scenes were played out like precisely and like the visuals were exactly as I would have pictured them so I really appreciate how they really went off of the book they added a couple things in there like she didn't actually drink the night before she lost to Beltic in Paris. Um, she just lost to Beltic because he was better than her. So I thought it was... In, and then she went into a downward spiral after that. So I thought it was interesting how they changed that. I I don't... I'm trying to figure out why they did that. Um, like, I don't honestly disagree with it. But I just... I want to know why. Yeah. Because it made her look like she only lost because she was a worse player than Beltic When in reality... Um, no, no, she. Don't, it made it look like she lost because she was like late and drunk and hung over. When in reality, she was just worse than him. I and I'm talking about Bornov, not Beltic. Oops. <laughs> um,
0: I think why they did this, and I don't know how I feel about the change either, is because they constantly are trying to show that she is holding herself back from being as good as she could be. And I think that was kind of what they were going for by making that change.
1: That's a really good point.
0: Like, I think that's probably why they changed it because that was kind of the full message I got that she was constantly holding herself back and not letting herself be as competitive as she, like she was capable of
1: being. Yeah and like that scene played such a big role in the show because it started the show. Mm-hmm. So I I think well because the children taking pills it kind of was like her taking pills is going to come back pay attention. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they just added it in there because it help build the message better
0: one last thing about the book before we finish up our conversation on the show in book if would you recommend someone who had just watched the show to read the book or do you think eh.
1: yeah definitely um i listened listened to it on um, audible so i i listened to it a lot faster than i would have actually read it but i would definitely recommend it because it's exciting and you really get to a lot more perspective on on Beth's character and how deeply flawed she is by like just because it, the story is told through her perspective so I really like to just be able to read things through her mind
0: all right and I think that can wrap up our conversation on the Queen's Gambit <laughs> clearly we love this show Cle- I think it's watchable because they are innovative with their cinematography they're innovative and at the core of this story is good characters and that is always what I'm looking for in media. It's good characters, good female characters, and yeah, that is why I strongly recommend it. I think you feel mostly the same way? Yeah,
1: definitely. I would very strongly recommend the show. It's very easy to watch many episodes at a time, and even though it's kind of depressing there in the middle, it, becomes, it has a very good feel at the end.
0: such a good payoff.
1: Yeah, such a good payoff.
0: And it is pretty rewatchable as well, so I yeah. appreciate it. So next week, we actually will have two weeks in a row of Watchful. I know. Wow. Don't be too I'm stunned. I'm stunned. It will never happen again. Maybe it will. But next week, we, I will be back with Bethy talking about one of my favorite Christmas movies and Bethy's favorite Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Abby, do you, we just watched oh this God. together.
1: I love this movie so much. I forgot about how good this movie was until I watched it. Considering the era. I'm, this is not the episode for but, oh my goodness
0: yeah so definitely i hope to get into a lot of the meaning behind it's a wonderful life and the history of it next week so if you're interested in hearing a christmas episode of watchful make sure you stay around and thanks for listening to this episode of watchful
1: this podcast is edited by sophia our music is from purpleplanet.com and our graphic is by Maria Hernandez.
0: If you enjoy listening, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us
1: out. Have an idea on what we should review next? <laughs> Send us a message on Instagram or Twitter at Watchable Media.
0: Join us next time when we discuss It's a Wonderful Life.
1: Now go enjoy your day.